Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. True Crime Podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And if you were strong and did not Google the end of the story, then you get the gold star because I'm dying to hear the rest of this story. I'm dying and also hesitant to hear the rest of this uh-huh. horrible story. Well, this is part two of the Gallaudet murders. If you haven't yet, please go back to episode 202 for part one. So when we left off... Sweet 19-year-old Ben Varner had just been murdered, and Thomas Minch, who had already been considered a suspect for one murder, was now considered a suspect in Ben Varner's murder. Oh my god, I forgot that's where we left (laughs) off. So back on campus, investigators processed the crime scene and found it was strikingly similar to Eric's murder. Ben had been stabbed to death with a knife that Ben owned. His mom had given it to him because he loved to eat sliced apples while he was studying. Oh my god, that is so cute. Mm-hmm. Just like Eric's murder, Ben had been brutally killed. The blood spatter evidence showed that a violent struggle had taken place and Ben had fought for his life. Both Eric's and Ben's murders were intimate in nature, involving close proximity between the perpetrator and victim as opposed to a shooting. And if you remember, Eric had been beaten to death really brutally and strangled. Right. God. A significant breakthrough came when investigators used a chemical spray to enhance blood stains. By spraying it on the carpet, it turned faint tracks into crystal clear shoe prints. The shoe prints were so perfect that the technician who processed the scene identified the exact shoe almost immediately. What? Their killer had worn Nike Air Max cross trainers during the murder. This was very encouraging so early in the case, because if the impression is clear enough, forensic footwear evidence can be almost as unique as someone's fingerprint. Mm -mm. They can narrow down a suspect based on the brand and make the shoe and the shoe size. If they are able to identify a suspect who owned a pair of shoes that the perpetrator wore at the crime scene, investigators could compare the perpetrator's shoe print with the wear pattern and marks on the bottoms of the suspect's shoes. Outside of Cogswell Hall... The murder weapon and a blood-stained running jacket were discovered in a dumpster. Investigators believed the jacket belonged to the killer and asked the public for information on its owner. 
When Thomas Minch was brought in for questioning about Ben's murder, remember we left right when Thomas had been in Washington, D.C., flew back home and they met him at the airport. Right. And I joked that they were going to frame him for this murder and then they did that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So when Thomas Minch was brought in for questioning about Ben's murder, he told investigators that he was nowhere near the campus. He provided an alibi and filled out an affidavit stating where he was for every hour during the day. He provided receipts to verify his whereabouts, and Thomas's story checked out. Get him out of there. Get him out of the police station. Get him out of your mouths. Get him out of your brains. Get him out of there. Send him to... Yes. Sit the the Seychelles. Send him to Mauritius. Give this kid a tropical vacation because he deserves it. He really does. that... Investigators weren't completely out of leads yet. They had learned from their investigation into Eric's murder and noted that Ben's wallet and checkbook were missing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> because they forgot to just mm-hmm. investigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, what? Wallet? Ugh, Ooh, money? God. Huh? It's chills. Detectives started monitoring Ben's credit cards and checks. They discovered that someone had cashed a check on Ben's account for $650 a few days after his murder. Investigators were able to get security footage from the bank, and it showed that on the day that the check was cashed, it wasn't Thomas Minch they saw. Instead, it was another Gallaudet student named Joseph Meza. And a check. He cashed a check. He cashed a check. Did, he didn't even take the, the credit card. He cashed a check. <laughs> yeah, and it's early 2000s, but still, it's that, so hard the to security cash cameras check, yes. exist at banks. Exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 20-year-old Joseph Meza Jr. had a reputation as a local hero in Guam's deaf community. He was born deaf in San Francisco, California, while his father was stationed there with the army. When Joseph was two, his family moved to Guam, which was where his dad was originally from. Joseph was the only deaf member of the family, so his parents and siblings learned sign language to communicate with him. When he was young, he became the first deaf student to play on the youth league football team. One of Joseph's high school teachers said that he was a source of inspiration for other students and encouraged them to pursue education beyond their local community college. His brother said, quote, He proved a lot of people wrong about being disabled. He just went ahead and did things and became a strong influence on both the deaf community and the hearing community. Joseph Meza Jr. transferred to the Modell Secondary School for the Deaf, located on the Gallaudet campus, after his freshman year in high school. He was described as a quiet and polite student during this time. However, students remembered him a bit differently. One student who lived with Joseph during their sophomore year said he watched Joseph take $45 from someone's wallet, Another student who shared a dorm room with Joseph said that he stole his ATM card and withdrew $3,000 from his account. Yikes. And he's a high school kid. Youch. Oh, my God. Yeah. Joseph received a one-year suspension for this crime, which meant that he had to go back to Guam. He was also required to pay his roommate back. During his time back home, he hid his suspicion from his family. Instead, he told them that he needed a break from school. He returned back to campus the next year. Mm-hmm. Joseph chose to attend Gallaudet for college and lived in Cogswell Hall. In fact, he lived directly across the hall from Eric Plunkett. 
He had been one of the students who hugged Eric's mom and offered condolences when she visited campus. Of course he had. He had attended Eric's memorial service and held a candle while recounting some of his fond memories of Eric. Oh, God. He had befriended Ben Varner. When Ben went home for Christmas break, he excitedly told his dad that he'd met someone from Guam. He was excited to learn about a new culture. Oh, my God. Oh, my heart. Also, I feel like we talked a lot about Guam in the 90s, and I haven't heard about Guam in years. Is everyone okay? (laughs) Is anyone listening from Guam? We were obsessed with Guam in the 90s (laughs) for some reason. Yeah. Why were, I don't know. Maybe we just figured out it was there. Guam was a hot topic in Indiana in the 90s. So weird. Weird. (laughs) So weird. Hello. Hello, Guam. Hey. Police already had a piece of evidence from Joseph, a police questionnaire that was distributed to students after Ben's murder. One question on it asked, quote, have you seen the jacket before? Referencing the running jacket found in the dumpster, and Joseph answered no. But police believed otherwise. A friend of Joseph's told police that he believed it belonged to Joseph. Armed with this information, police got a search warrant for Joseph's dorm room. In his closet, they found a pair of mm-hmm. Nike Air Max mm-hmm. cross trainers. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but they were stained with blood. Oh boy, wow, God. Mm-hmm. This kid is ballsy. <laughs> really ballsy. Cash and, and checks, keeping bloody t- t- murder shoes. Yeah, because at this point, up to this point, he has completely gotten away. Totally. With one murder. Totally. Among other, like, bunches of crimes. Exactly. And we know that Deli is a, a listener to They Will Kill because her next sentence says, And as the amusement park of forensic evidence that rolled into girl, town. That a girl. <laughs> Joseph sensed that it was time to give himself up. He walked into the office of campus security and admitted that he had killed Ben Varner. Police called Thomas, who was already back in New Hampshire, to let him know that he'd been cleared as a murder suspect for both Ben and Eric's murder. And he said, suck it. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. Yeah, that poor kid, man. Poor kid. At the same time that investigators were getting a confession from Joseph for Ben's murder, the lab results had come back for the hair's are those acorns acorns. Again? Sorry, guys. It's acorn season. I have a tin roof <laughs> in my studio. <laughs> it sounds so like it's you're getting so scary. Paled or but something. It really is so intense. I'm so sorry. At the same time that investigators were getting a confession from Joseph for Ben's murder, the lab results had come back for the hairs found on Eric's body. They were not a match for Thomas. So then they officially could rule him out. Oh, good. Finally. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Now we've right. great. Good job. Through an ASL interpreter, Joseph told police the details of the murder. The interrogation tape shows an unsettling scene, a young man signing with no hint of emotion, and a soft female voice telling investigators the gruesome events of the murder in a disturbing level of detail. Oh, God, that is chilling. Yes. Yes. And they had, I watched a little bit of the interrogation and they had two women in the room and one was asking the question. The other one was interpreting the answers to have these two women and this very calm young man sitting in this room, having this silent conversation that would take some time to interpret. Yeah. And everybody was very calm and the words coming out of her mouth (sighs) was very chilling. 
Yeah. I stabbed him 30 times or just, yeah. oh, I didn't like it. It's, it reminds me of a seance from a horror movie or something yeah. where somebody's yeah. interpreting the, the scribblings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, poor everybody. Yeah. He admitted <sighs> that he had walked into Ben's room, saw the knife sitting under Ben's microwave, mentally prepared himself, and stabbed him repeatedly. How? 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 Does this happen? How? I don't know. Quote, I stabbed him in the neck. I took it out. He looked up at me and I just felt guilty. I knew he was going to report me right away. And I thought I'm going to have to kill him. So he dies. And that way he can't report me to the RA or anything. Mm-mm. It's like the bad seed. He told investigators that he grabbed a t-shirt from Ben's closet and put it on so that no one in Cogswell Hall would notice his bloody clothing as he walked back to his room. Oh my God. When he got back, he hung the shirt up in his own closet to keep it as a souvenir. Joseph also admitted that he was compelled to return to the crime scene, and he went back three or four times. Oh, this little budding serial killer. Yeah, and if you remember Ben's murder, they only discovered him after somebody pulled the fire alarm. And so Joseph had plenty of time to go in and out and spend time, and I assume he was the one that pulled the alarm. Right. During one of these visits, he stared at Ben's body for 20 minutes, then stole his checkbook from his desk drawer before leaving. Mm. Sensing that Joseph might confess to Eric's murder, too, a detective urged him to use his interrogation as an opportunity to get anything off his conscience. Without missing a beat, he said, quote, also Eric Plunkett. I did that one, too. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, we didn't uh, put that together. Two brutal murders at a university at the same time. Never would have right. guessed. So. No. Yeah. Thank God. What if there were two killers just randomly killing Mm-mm. students Mm-mm. in the same prestigious college? Mm-mm. One Ooh. is far too many. Way too many. So Joseph admitted that he had planned Eric's murder and had spent a few days thinking about how he would do it. Ultimately, he approached Eric from behind and put his arm around his neck until Eric stopped breathing. Oh my God. When Eric fell out of his chair, Joseph kicked Eric repeatedly as he lay on the ground and then used a chair to strike him in the face. Terrible. Joseph even went so far as to stand up out of his chair in the interrogation room and pick it up to demonstrate how he had used the chair during the attack. Oh my God. Then Joseph admitted one more thing to investigators. He had tried to frame Thomas Minch. What a psycho. God, that's terrifying. It turned out that Joseph was the student who told police that Thomas and Eric had a fight. And it almost worked. It almost worked. Can you even believe it? Because they were like, yeah, of course they fought because that kid's gay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if he hadn't, if Joseph hadn't killed Ben, it's very likely he, he could have just gotten away. away with it. Yep. Joseph was also the person who alerted the RA that Eric hadn't been in math class. It was no coincidence that Joseph murdered Ben on the day that Thomas was back in D.C. He had somehow learned about the grand jury hearing and saw it as an opportunity to kill again. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. And they did so little investigating that they weren't like, oh, this kid keeps coming up. This kid keeps telling teachers somebody's not there keeps telling us that they had a fight nobody put that together oh, weird weird this weird this kid's real up in our business maybe we should look at him no nope, we'll yeah. just keep looking at this thomas kid for no reason yeah because the real killer is telling us to <laughs> you guys this episode is sponsored by care of 
And in case you haven't heard me talk about Care-of before, it is a subscription service that ships high-quality personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. Care-of makes taking your vitamins on the go so convenient with the individual daily packs that are perfect for a busy routine. Just throw a few in your purse, gym bag or lunch bag, and you're set. And guess what I have sitting in my yogurt right next to me right now as we speak. Ooh, the chia? Yes, chia flax. You guys, you guys, I am a huge fan of chia and flax. So good for your body, so good for your gut in particular. Mm -hmm. If you want things to move through you like they should, put a little chia in your life. (laughs) So (laughs) It's so helpful. It's also very good in helping me feel full. I am somebody Mm -hmm. who is constantly hungry, and I find that if I add a little chia into my food, it helps me feel full. And this stuff has such a lovely consistency. Mm -hmm. I stir it in my, my yogurt every morning. I add some fruit. I add some nuts a little bit of honey or maple syrup on top. Hell yeah. So, so good. And such an easy way to get so many important things that my body needs. Yes. You know what I just had on the go? Tell me. Gut check. They have these like little individual sized dosage packets. Good for your gut. Tastes like adult fun dip in a really good way. First of all, I love fun dip. Now I'm going to have to go find Fun Dip and suck on that weird little sugar stick. But secondly, I'm a huge fan of gut health, huge fan of probiotics. Yes, this one's full of all sorts of different kinds of probiotics. I'm also a huge fan of things on the go, individually packaged things, because I get overwhelmed by big packages (laughs) of things. It's just how our brains work. Mm -hmm. And if I have a little packet of something and I can put it in my purse, I can put it in my desk. If you open up my desk door right now, I have individual packets of gut check in my desk drawer and such a perfect easy way to not forget to do something that is healthy and helpful for your body. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code THEYWILL50. That's five zero. You guys, 50% off. Do you understand that that is half off of your first order? So go to takecareof.com and enter code THEYWILL50 for 50% off your first care of order. Joseph told investigators that robbery was the motive for his crimes, but this is probably not true. Forensic psychologist Dr. Mitchell Hugh Gunnett evaluated Joseph for five months while he was in custody and said Joseph was completely fascinated by his own crimes. He referenced the moment where Joseph returned to Ben's room to stare at his body for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. No, this is not robbery. No, no, no. 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 Nope. Robbery, you just rob. Then you move mm-hmm. on. Yeah. You know, lots of times to do it over and over again. As it turns out, you can just keep robbing. It's well, I can only imagine how often you would find a dorm room open where you could walk in, steal a checkbook, and leave oh, and not God, murder somebody. Yeah. Yes. Just wait for him to go to the shower. Grabby, grabby. Mm-hmm. Moving on, yes. Quote, this is consistent with the behavior that you will see in a serial murder where they return to the crime scene, even at risk to themselves legally, in order to in some ways relive the moment of the murder. When asked if he believed robbery was the motive for the murders, he said that this was not a motive at all. The murder itself was the goal. The items he took from Ben and Eric's dorm room were just incidental. He also believed that Joseph enjoyed confessing to all the horrific details to investigators in order to relive the murders. Mm -hmm. 
He talked about Ben's murder alone for two hours. Oh, my God. And offered up incredibly detailed information that investigators didn't ask about. Yeah. During one session with Dr. Hugh Gunnett, Joseph admitted to torturing and killing animals when he was young. When Joseph recounted the story, the doctor noted, quote, his eyes began to twinkle Mm. and he began to smile. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors charged Joseph with two counts of premeditated murder and the trial started on February 4th, 2002. Prosecution tried to argue at trial that Joseph had killed Eric and Ben for money, but the defense tried to avoid a trial altogether by arguing that he was unfit. Joseph made a beeline right for the insanity defense, claiming that he suffered from hallucinations that compelled him to kill. Mm-hmm. He claimed that he saw images of black gloves signing to him, telling him to do violent things. <gasps> I don't need any more images. I don't need any more images from this case. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Oh, mm-hmm. no. That's chilling. Deli casually mentions this next part. She says, <laughs> oh, and the black gloves were being worn by WWE wrestler The Undertaker. I mean, definitely fake. <laughs> it's like scary. Now it's not scary. So good. That's good. But dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can cut your you're smart kid. No, he you just can come can't up with help better... himself. He can't help himself. He's cocky. Yeah. He's messy. That's messy. Yeah. Quote, I tried to stop the black hands, but I felt that they were more powerful than I am, forcing me to do what I did, he testified. In a scalding cross-examination, the federal prosecutor asked, quote, who used Plunkett's credit card, you or the black hands? Mm -hmm. Joseph replied, the black hands. But when pressed by the prosecution, he said, quote, it was me. I couldn't help myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Three psychiatrists on the prosecution side testified that they found Joseph to be sane. A psychiatrist on the defense side testified that Joseph suffered from, quote, intermittent explosive disorder, likely caused by his father beating him for not following directives, even though Joseph didn't always understand them. But ultimately, the jury was persuaded by a letter that was entered into evidence by the prosecution. It was a jailhouse letter that Joseph had written himself and sent to his girlfriend, in it, he wrote, quote, I've been trying to raise the insanity defense, but it isn't true. But I hope it works anyway. Dude, messy, messy, messy. You're bad at serial killing. Thank yeah, thank God. God. The only reason he got away with it the first time is because the investigators forgot to investigate. Right. The scene. That whole thing. Mm-hmm. On May 21st, 2002, the jury deliberated for less than three hours before convicting Joseph of two counts of premeditated murder. Slam dunk. He was sentenced to life in prison. For the people affected by Joseph's horrific and senseless actions, there's a sense of bitterness. After his conviction, Eric's family told reporters, quote, There's really no change as far as how we feel. No sense of peace. No. And for Thomas Minch, who was just starting his adult life and pursuing his passions when he was unjustly portrayed as a murderer, he says the experience completely changed him. Quote, I lost who I was. I had this person. I had my hopes. I had this dream, this goal, and I was going for that. I was on this path. And all of this happened. I lost who I was. 
Yeah, of course you did. When the whole system comes at you, comes after you, and it doesn't make any sense, and you're just, yeah, that's a horrible, horrible thing that they did to that kid. Horrible. And they did it. This was not yes. a mistake. It wasn't, no. oh, whoopsie-daisy, wrong guy. You can understand how the circumstances lined up, and you would have thought that. They just didn't do their fucking job, and they took the mm-hmm. easy way out, and they believed this actual murderer when he pointed in that kid's direction, and now that kid has to suffer for the rest of his life, and that's, you did that to him. Anybody who's right. listening to our podcast for some reason, you did that to him. You mm-hmm. are to blame. Many people feel as though the D.C. Metropolitan Police would have caught Joseph before he killed again if they had just followed standard procedure. Uh-huh. Eric's wallet had been in Joseph's room right across the hall the entire time. But the police had chosen to shrug and skirt the issue. A written statement from the police said, quote, Hindsight is twenty twenty. Is it possible that mistakes were made? Yes, of course. Oh, my God. We are deeply saddened by the murders of students within our community. But being, quote, deeply saddened just won't cut it. Mm-mm. Ben Varner could be alive today if police had followed standard investigative procedure. Mm-hmm. Eric's family could have been spared the trauma of feeling like their child's killer had been set free. Thomas Minch could have lived his life as normal and enjoyed the college experience he'd worked so hard for. But instead, they all had something taken from them that they'll simply never get back. Nope. And that, my little love. Oh, my Lord in heaven. Is part two of the terrible Galia that murders. Oh, my God. I've told this story before, but it reminds me of the time that I was on an art field trip in college to San Francisco, and my friends got all day drunk and were wandering around San Francisco being rowdy. And my, my one friend started... I mean, we're not good friends, so I don't want this to be a reflection of the company I keep because I'm a lady. (laughs) But my one friend started punching people's cars. I mean, it was just, you know, they've been doing Jaeger bombs or Jaeger shots or whatever. And a guy saw him punch his car and said, whoa, what are you doing, man? And my friend's response was, I'm sorry, dude. These things happen. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what that reminds me of. Uh, The police... Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. In hindsight, maybe we should have actually just done our jobs that the taxpayers pay us to do. But instead, we just didn't do it. Mm, So things happen. Whoa. That could have happened, but it didn't. (laughs) So, whoa, man. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, what? Right? Yeah. Not okay. That's not okay. That's not how this works. That's not, it doesn't work that way. You close the dorms, you search all the rooms, you figure it out. You ask a question, you at least search the room of the victim, bare minimum. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. You figure out who's using their ATM card. You find photos of them. You arrest him. You find the footage of the kid cashing a check, his check. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I know even back then it was not that easy to cash a check. There was never a time. It's not like after 9-11 it was harder to cash checks. You know what I mean? Like, right. it was, it was totally. always hard to cash <laughs> someone else's check. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that would have been so easy to catch on to. Yes. Oh, man. Well, and Eric Plunkett, his debit card was used multiple times. God. And they just never checked his uh, statements. How do we just uh, not? make murderers <laughs> i don't i think sometimes you just do make them 
unfortunately. There's got to be a way, though. Obviously, taking better care of each other and uh, not abusing each other and not demeaning each other and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. what is it that knocks some of us straight into serial killing and others of us just makes us kind of sad and anxious for a really long time? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have neighbors, new neighbors, and they fight all the time. It got so bad last night that Ryan called 911. Just crazy. They have a two-year-old. Yeah. And that is all I can think about. Yeah. Is that baby. Right. And, and what do you do? Well, yeah. We called 911. I have introduced myself to her. Mm-hmm. I've tried to be friendly and make sure, but I also don't really like the fact that these people are really loudly and violently fighting in right next to my house. Yep. Doesn't make me feel super safe or safe for my kids. And, but they have this tiny baby who lives in that house every day. It's just not okay. I said, what happened when the police got there and you said they turned off the lights and hid and then the police left and they started fighting. So it's, Mm. if you have the wherewithal to turn off the lights and hide from the police, you can also just stop fighting with each other. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just stop fighting with each other yeah that's yeah. that's how they do it yeah so, gotta break One, the cycle just go next door and be like listen i get it but why don't you be cycle breakers right <laughs> yes. be like, oh never thought about that great we're gonna stop now yeah but yeah well and the fact that they just hang out in their driveway and scream at each other yeah no care they don't care no. but that's just what they do and it's how they learn to communicate and that's how their kids yeah. learn to communicate and it's fucking terrible yeah Yep, and that kid gets yelled at for being two, and everybody's just yelling all the time. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then, worst case scenario, don't then be so cruel to your children that they become serial killers. Mm, yeah. <sighs> don't raise them in an environment where their cortisol levels are at top null, top ball. Top ball. Yeah, turn the ball yeah. down on the cortisol, y'all. It's not that hard. Uh, no. I mean, it is hard. It's really hard yes. to turn the ball down on the cortisol. Take it from me. But you don't want adrenal crashes. You don't want mm-hmm. you don't want like neural pathways that are so frazzled that they then can't feel happy and only can feel happy when hurting other people. We've got to try our best. I'm trying every day not to make some serial killers out in the world. Well, <laughs> so. Sadie and our bestie and I were hanging out this weekend. Our bestie and I went down there, had the most fun weekend. It was so fun. And we took the boys to the arcade, Rascals. So the arcade, the go-karts. Auntie Court loves Rascals more than the boys. I am 100% (laughs) sure of that. Because I'll say it to them, and at this point, it's like, okay, yeah, great, Rascals. But I'm like, aren't you guys excited? And they're like, yeah, yeah, but... Mm. They're so happy, but I am beside myself. I will play those <laughs> games until I die. I love it. But we're going there, and somehow it comes up where the littlest one is saying something about going to heaven. And I said, well, would you rather go to Rascals or would you rather go to heaven? He's like, uh, go to heaven. And I'm like, why? You don't want to go to Rascals? He's like, no, I've been to Rascals a hundred times. He's like, but I've never been to heaven. <laughs> I was like... That's a good point. I appreciate your curiosity, but I don't think a trip to heaven is like a temporary pop in, come back down. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's okay. It was like, what would you do up there? And he said, probably like control the clouds and destroy earth. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is that I'm failing at my job 
to not create a serial killer. I mean, <laughs> the world dominator. Yeah. And where's the line between destroy the earth? Is that serial killing or is that just something different? Delusions of grandeur. Del- total delusions of grandeur. <laughs> You could go to arcade, super fun arcade, and ride go-karts, or you can <laughs> control the clouds and destroy the earth. And he chooses control the clouds and destroy the mm-hmm. earth. I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens. No, that kid is hilarious. He knows exactly what, my sense of humor, too, and he knows what to say to Oh, God, 100%. That is so funny. <laughs> He's five, you guys. He's five, too. Yes, we're good. We're good. Be reminded. He is intentionally saying it to crack me up and us up, but... <laughs> Oh, God. So funny. Uh, Speaking of funny, before we get to name time, which we will do right after this, on the way down to see Sadie. (laughs) God, man, the universe is a hilarious place to live. (laughs) So we're going down to, to see her. We stop at the gas station to gas up, get provisions. Sarah, our bestie, goes into the gas station. I she had told me last week that she's she hasn't had a Red Bull since we were in our twenties, and because she's smart. Yes, but I love them. I'm a trash person. I love Red Bull. It is it really works, and I forget about it all the time. It's not something I drink regularly at all. It doesn't make me jittery. It makes me just so clear headed and awake. It's really really works for me. But Sarah and Sadie and I have completely different body chemistries. For me to think that something that works for me would work for Sarah is so stupid because it's just like <laughs> we couldn't have more different reactions to things. So anyway, go to the gas station, she gets a Red Bull, she gets wasabi almonds, she gets some popcorn chips and she gets some jalapeno poppers, gas station jalapeno poppers. We also stopped at the pharmacy so she could pick up her medication which had been increased, stimulants, right? Mm-hmm. So she takes the stimulant with a Red Bull, then we eat some jalapeno poppers, <laughs> and then she eats some wasabi almonds. And we're just cruising down the highway. We like an hour from Sadie's house, and she starts like, oh, I feel a little weird. I feel a little funny. I think I'm going to turn up the music and not talk for a while. I was like, no problem. And I was like, yeah, probably that Red Bull was a bad idea. She's like, yep, I forgot about the Red Bull. Okay, over-caffeinated, blah, blah, blah. So... <laughs> We're heading into Indianapolis. I'm going to get off and go through downtown Indianapolis. It's pretty. It's chill. Get the way, get the fuck out, you know, out of here with these trucks. Mm-hmm. So I start to pull over. In that moment, she's like, I was starting to freak out about the truck. She hadn't said it, but she's like, I was so glad you did it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I get off. Mm-hmm. She's like, I think I need to pull over. She gets some fresh air. And she's like, all right, I think I'm okay. And then we start to pull away and she just starts pointing and obviously needs me to pull over emergency style. (laughs) So I'm trying to pull over downtown Indianapolis. Can't get into the parking lot quickly enough. She opens the window. She she leans out the window. She just starts projectile vomiting everywhere. (laughs) And just vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. We pull over. She's still, she's just dangling out of it like a little, I don't even know what she, like a sloth or so. Like her arms are dangling out of this window and she's just puking, puking, puking. <laughs> and I swear to God, you guys, it's three o'clock on a Friday and these two grown adult men, Midwestern men, large men, <laughs> razor scooter by us as she's dangling out of the window, just puking everywhere. <laughs> the, set, the first one goes by and then the second one says as he's going by he says to his friend I'm gonna whip my titty out <laughs> I don't know why he says right, this yeah, why not <laughs> it's, 
Tara's dangling, puking. And the moment we pull over and she starts puking, I immediately start laughing because I know how funny this is going to be. But I did not expect a grown, giant grown man on a razor scooter for no reason in the middle of nowhere, Indianapolis, to scoot by and say, I'm going to whip my titty out. What? What is that? What is that? Why did that happen? Magic. Magic. Like scooting and like, where were they going? And there's nowhere to go. It took them a minute to notice the grown middle-aged woman puking. Well, she says, okay, because she thought he was yelling at her. And then he says to his friend, ooh, she's having a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think, I don't think he was saying that for our benefit. I really think he was just like joking with his friend and didn't realize there was a woman dangling out of a car, just vomiting everywhere next to him. So he had a weird experience. We had a weird experience. It was so fucking funny. It was so funny. And then she was fine. Totally fine. She was so happy. She's never, she's like, God, I actually feel kind of light. So we started calling it hillbilly ayahuasca because she, <laughs> she's like, I really think I purged. Like, I feel so much better. My God, I've been feeling like this heavy weight and it's gone. <laughs> Take one, five ants. One, one Red, Red Bull. Bull. Four poppers. Gas station jalapeno poppers. <laughs> and a handful of wasabi, wasabi albums. See what happens. And then the... the speak to the and Speak above. to the universe and they will send you a grown Midwestern man <laughs> on a razor scooter <laughs> who's shouting, I'm going to whip my titty out. <laughs> oh, oh, I just got chills. <laughs> so funny. Uh, it just then it opened up a weekend of fun oh. and funny things. Thank God. you, universe, you hilarious bitch. Uh, Speaking of hilarious, you want a couple names today? Yes, it's name time, and here you go. A couple names from Ireland. There's a town called Kilcock. Yeah. <laughs> Hairdressers, curl up and die. Never get sick of curl up and die. Never, Never. get sick of curl up and die. Fishing supply shop. I got worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Imagine I mean, having to say that every day. Like, <laughs> Hello, welcome to I Got Worms. <laughs> <laughs> Tring. Welcome to I Got Worms. How can I help you? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so a woman named Nina works with children. Listener named Nina. Hi, Nina. Hi, Nina. Miss Mimi. Miss Mommy. Miss Nini. She. It's Nina. And her current favorite, meow. <laughs> These are what they call her. Yes. She said meow. that that child also calls a coworker Chris, named Christina Chicken Donna. <laughs> oh, God, I died. Oh, God. Chicken Donna. <laughs> That's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Shit. Oh, Nina, you killed me. <laughs> Wait, what was the, what's the coworker's real name? Christina. Christina. <laughs> Chicken Donna. Okay, you're right. That's what I thought. So it has nothing to do with Donna. No, it's just funny. And wow. Chicken wow. Donna. Oh, my That's God. amazing. Oh, my God. It also reminded me of when I first met our best friend, Clint. Hi, Clint. Hey, Clint. And we were in AmeriCorps together, and Clint was fresh out of the South, the most fresh-faced little sweetie pie, little preppy cutie pie, and didn't swear, didn't want to talk about sex, didn't want nothing, nothing, nothing. 
Clint was not in the mood to talk about it <laughs> for the first <laughs> solid year of our friendship. A proper Southern Belle would get yes. the vapors if you said anything around Penis. him. Anything. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he would have died. So we worked in an elementary school and kids wrote us cards at the end of our time at the school. And he comes in white as a ghost to our break room, shows me this card. <laughs> and it said, I love you, Miss clit (laughs) and there was another one that i love you like mr shit but he was just like beside himself (laughs) miss clit clit (laughs) if clinton does drag that should be his drag name miss clit (laughs) chicken donna Uh, Um, (laughs) god There's a baseball player named Rolly Fingers. (laughs) Yep. So I was listening to a true crime podcast and the PI's name was Clue Wright. What? Yes. They they knew what they had to do and they did it. It was a job job they were born to do. I hope they do a good job. Sadie's husband has a boss that he's been holding out on me. For just a co-worker. Oh, okay, co-worker. His name is Rick Raw, and this has never come to my attention. I And Ryan sends me names regularly. It's about in the newspaper. sends it to me all the time. So it's sitting on Rick Raw this entire time. It's like too close to home, I guess, because I've known about Rick Raw for a long time and never thought about it. Yeah, you're also a dick. Yeah, that's, that's clear. <laughs> um, Puck Puckington, for real. Puck Puckington. I'm going to assume that one came from the UK. Uh, I hope. Right? Or not. Like the most UK name ever, Puck Puckington. Puck Puckington. (laughs) Um, Somebody's father had an appointment with a proctologist named Dr. Packer. Oh, no. Nobody found it funnier than my father. Uh, Last but not least... There's a doctor in the Hudson Valley of New York named Dr. Broccoli. Oh, my ah! God. I'm moving there so I can see Dr. Broccoli. Dr. Broccoli. Ugh. Ugh. All of my doctor's names are boring. Well, my doctor's names are Chicken Broccoli. <laughs> chicken Donna, I mean, not Chicken Broccoli. I obviously need to eat something. Chicken Donna. Oh, my God. That was a good one. Ugh. Chicken Donna really almost killed me. <laughs> so it's like Slosh Slosh. The Sadie's oldest called me Slosh Slosh when he was little. And it doesn't Why? make any Don't sense. Know. And I missed that nickname forever. It was very short-lived, but it will live forever in my heart because Slosh Slosh is so cute and funny. <laughs> let's do a couple shouty outies. Hey, let's do it. Let's you guys, if you want to get more of this for some reason, you are... <laughs> masochist if you want more of this you can go over to our patreon we have almost 200 episodes over there for as little as five dollars a month you get a whole shit ton more and they are full ass whole ass episodes 30 plus minutes usually around an hour so go on over there and get it and then you get one of these in like six months that's worth the wait (laughs) right everybody on patreon people are like when is mine coming and then they get it recently i was so excited that last week it was either chelsea or Haley. one of them was like very sweetly like asked recently like when's it coming and then it showed up and then they liked it yeah so worth it worth it 
All right. You know who's been waiting a long time? Who? Thank you so much to Angela H. Angela. Ha, 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 she says to the mortals. (laughs) Angela rises up on the mount and looks on down. Angela rests her fists on the heads of all of us because we are not worthy of Angela. And she won't crush us because she is a kind and gentle god, but she will show off her rocking bod as she does a little shimmy. And then she says, don't worry about it. I've got shit to do. I do not have time for the likes of you. I am Angela. (laughs) I am Angela. I have shit to do. Do it, Angela. Get it, girl. Don't let the mortals get you down, baby. You need to go out there and shimmy and get it done. Rest your fists on our heads if you get tired. (laughs) That's what we're here for. Fist resting. Yeah, you're going to get tired sometimes. Those big old fucking powerful Zeus-like fists. Up on your mount. Who's next? Who else? Oh, thank you so much to Meredith C. Oh, God, that's such a good name. Every time I hear Meredith, I think of Meredith Baxter Bernie. If you don't I think know. of Meredith Gray. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. 19 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, Meredith Baxter Bernie, greater than symbol Meredith Gray, but less than symbol this Meredith, right? Mm-hmm. But Meredith Baxter Bernie, if you don't know, was on Family Ties, right? Family Ties with probably yes, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> What's his name? Michael P. Keaton. Michael. What's his name? I think yeah, Michael J. Fox. Okay, weird. <laughs> yeah, Alex right away, first P. Try. Keaton. Alex P. Keaton was his name mm-hmm. on the show. Anyway, Meredith Baxter Bernie was the most sophisticated, liberal, beautiful person on that show. Anytime I think of the name Meredith, I think of Somebody who is effortless, powerful, but understated in their power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes. Has hair that is extra good hair. You're like, what? It, what is that? Flax? What gets hair like that? <laughs> Are you from a, a place where you get lots of fresh air? Did your parents give you lots of, do they have lots of fresh air? Did you ride horses? <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you get collagen yes is that collagen (laughs) did you use that special horse shampoo your whole life where did that come from you have a calmness you have a class a sophistication you are always dressed like princess diana like when you think about the queen in her younger years smart pants a casual man's inspired Catherine Hepburn you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I'm not talking dress I'm talking the pants the Catherine Hepburn pants and buttoned ups you yes. know what I mean yes Princess Diana sweatshirts so effortless so cool so beautiful so sophisticated and you're an editor or something you know mm-hmm. and people come and walk into your house and it's simultaneously very expensive but old money we're talking old money here baby not that nouveau riche. <laughs> Meredith has got the old money vibe. Even if she is nouveau riche, she doesn't let you know because she's sophisticated enough to know that she's got to present old money. L.L. Bean. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jeffrey 
Bean. Jeffrey Bean. Gray flannel. We're talking. <laughs> no, she's, I mean, she, yes, gray flannel wants to be there, but it ends up smelling like cat piss, but not Meredith. <laughs> she's just got it together. She just knows what's up. Oh, God. I'm Honestly, so Meredith jealous. is who I wanted to become as a grown-up, but it, it's turned <sighs> so into some little noodle of a hyperbolic noodle. <laughs> <laughs> not Meredith, though. Not mm-hmm. Meredith. Nope. Speaking She's of- Hugh Grant's love interest. She's out of his league. <laughs> Just can't touch her. <laughs> One more? Yes. Who else? All one right. last one. We love you. Speaking of not hyperbolic noodles, thank you so much to Aaron N. Aaron Never. That's when Aaron will end never airy. If you ask Aaron when they'll end, they say on the first of Neverary, because Aaron <laughs> is contrary, and Aaron lasts forever, like the air and like the stars and moon and sky. Aaron never, ever tarries. Aaron never finds the end to their inspiration. <laughs> Aaron never ever expires. Aaron never ever tires. Aaron just keeps going and growing and showing how much they are loved and to be loved and to be cherished. It never ever is there ever. And endeavor, Aaron can't cleverly and expeditiously <laughs> complete to the satisfaction of themselves and everyone around them. Don't worry about it. Aaron's fucking got it. Aaron's going to do it and keep doing it until it's done, which will never be done because Aaron is infinite. Aaron, Aaron is all of it. Don't worry about it. Don't even think about it anymore. Stop right now. Don't do it. We love you, though. Ugh, we love you all so much. So freaking much. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can go find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We've recommitted to TikTok. So if you want to see us, if you want to see a bunch of hyperbolic noodles over there talking about this shit, <laughs> go on over to TikTok. We are back. We're back, babies. We're back, babies. And, uh, oh, you go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can also email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review and subscribe to us if you want to do it. Yes, and thank you for the person who still gave us four stars, even though they don't like our politics. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, really you know, was. That was nice. Yeah, that was appropriate. A usually I think it's, it's a, a four-star review. Yeah, usually it's a one-star if you don't like our politics, but mm-hmm. four is generous, so thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you, A.J. Bergens, for your music. Thank you so much. And remember... Um, I won't let my titty out. I won't let my titty out. <laughs> so remember, the universe has a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, God. I and know. Look for it and be grateful because, man, 
it's a pretty it's a pretty wild place we have here, but it's a pretty it really wonderful is. place too. So if you need a little uh, loving from the universe, <laughs> I just take Red Bull, Vivians, <laughs> wasabi, poppers. almond, well, jalapeno poppers. Jalapeno poppers. I really, we really do think that the jalapeno poppers were the key. Gas station jalapeno poppers. And they were delicious. I had two. They were delicious. <laughs> the one Sarah sent a picture on their way back of new jalapeno poppers. Like, ooh, here we go again. I was like, oh, good God. But she did not. No, it, was it really a joke. did look good. They're delicious. They're crispy. I mean, yeah. I mean gas who station. love them. No, no, and you can get some of the best food in the world at an Indiana gas station. <clears throat> Although I did get some gas station mac salad. I mean, it was like a grocery oh, store no. gas station. Yeah. And I was fucking excited. I was hungry and I was out showing houses to some clients and we had a extra bit of time. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I went in to get gas, saw the mac salad. It was like perfect. It's like a meal, you know? Mm-hmm. Salad, potato salad, mac salad are under appreciated as meals in and of themselves so totally and this place has like thatched roof you know i'm like this is gonna be so bomb I get outside and put one little scoop of it in my mouth it sizzles it's oh. zesty it is tangy you know what <laughs> oh, i mean God, yeah it is zingy zingy it's like putting your tongue on a nine volt battery god. It was, oh god i immediately ugh, i didn't chew it or swallow it ugh back into the thing oh god that was the last time you've ever had mac salad in your life well i looked at the expiration date it was a month and a half expired oh my god somebody had not changed so i called her and i was like um i'm fine but you probably want to clear the cooler right now oh my god you are going to kill somebody like that would (laughs) like full-on botulism yes a month expired so that was like it had been sitting there for however many days before that oh my god i'm gonna puke oh yeah it was so scary (laughs) and i rinsed it with some like diet coke and stuff just to keep all the (laughs) bots all the botches in there and salmonellas and whatever equalizers that were swimming around my tongue oh god makes really i can't think about it anymore yeah well i was trying to hype up gas station food and i but I will still eat gas station food <laughs> any day of the week. Check the expiration dates. Yeah. But also be careful what you mix it with because otherwise you're going to get the universe coming through. <laughs> Mother Earth is going to ayahuasca you in downtown Indianapolis <laughs> on North Meridian and like, I don't even know what the cross street was. Before you know it, you'll be up in the clouds destroying the earth. Controlling the clouds and destroying the earth. We love you, baby. We love you. We'll, we'll see you real soon. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.